0: me romance read read me romance read me romance read read me romance you could take a look in a book that's fine or you could sit back relax and unwind and read me romance read read me romance hardball stadium series book one by s.a clayton hardball noun a forceful uncompromising method employed to gain an end meeting harper stevens was never my plan She crashed into my life and knocked me on my ass. The only problem? She wants nothing to do with me. Josh Anderson is everything I didn't want in my life. He was persistent, cocky, and even worse, the star third baseman for the Hawks. After my father's death, I swore I'd never be a part of that world again. And yet, here I am thinking about a man who lives and breathes baseball. I can't seem to shake him or the memory of the way his hands felt on my skin. Can I set aside my fears, or will my past ruin everything? That's Hardball, book one in the Stadium Series by S.A. Clayton. Grab it in Kindle Unlimited now.
1: Welcome back, lady listeners, to the second half of Brew Love. Hey, we've got part two with Piper Rain today. And
0: before we get into all that good stuff, I wanted to ask, how did end of year testing go for you guys? I know you were telling me the other day you had to drop your son off to do it. How'd
1: it go? It it, it went fine, but I will say so we've done homeschooling all year, mm-hmm. but he had to go on for the testing. And of yep. course, of course, like his last day, we're notified that the kid next to him was tested positive for COVID. You texted me that. And I was just like, are you fucking...
0: Kidding me? That kid did not go in that building for 365 days, and the one day he goes, he sits next to the kid that
1: has COVID. I know. I mean, he
0: should have bought a lottery ticket after that.
1: Uh, We got tested, all negative, so it's fine. But still, I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" It's such a big thing in my town right now. I'm getting frustrated with everybody about because the. They came out and said, unmask people who have done, you can unmask if you've uh, been vaccinated or whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's like these protests in my town about unmask our children. There is seven days left of school. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that said the same thing because <laughs> our, our school system, before they, the CDD, CDC said this, they came out and said, well, we've decided to let the kids play outside without masks as long as they're distance
1: mm-hmm.
0: like with a week left of school they said this and I was like okay we're just changing the policy now but they and then this and it, but then it was like they're not changing anything else till the end of the year they still have to wear their mask till the end of the year so it was just like okay
1: i thought it was silly whatever it doesn't matter there's seven mm-hmm. days of school left. my kid's not even there people mm-hmm. are like just send them with no mask i'm like they're gonna hand you a mask Will yeah i know want? they'll just give you one yeah <laughs> But what made me so frustrated about it was there was like five or six posts about this and mm-hmm. making uh, wherever you pick it and all this stuff and mm-hmm. sending in letters and these posts. But at the same time, we have a gas station we all go to, Casey's, and it makes pizza and stuff. It's a really popular gas station. And there's an older woman that's worked there forever. Mm-hmm. She got in a car wreck last week and a GoFundMe was started And people are like, donate money. She's still in the Mm -hmm. hospital. And this is getting pushed down all the way in the feed. No attention because we're all Mm -hmm. paying attention to this stupid seven day. I'm like, come on. Put some effort towards something that's really going to mean something. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Something that matters. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah.
1: That could make a difference.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It could potentially change someone's life. You know, like. Let it the fuck go. You've done it all year long. Let it go. Yeah,
1: that's why I wasn't caring. Was like whatever. I was laughing at some of these people's debates, mm-hmm. but then when I realized that kept getting pushed down, I was like, all right, now I'm getting irritated.
0: Now I'm annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so my daughter has. This is the first time she's taken the EOGs. They call end of grade. She was supposed to take them last year, but you know, 2020, they got out of school and they didn't do end of year exams. So, this is the first time she's ever taken them. And so, I know that the teachers have, I felt like they've put a lot of pressure on them,
2: mm-hmm. which
0: blows my fucking mind. Because tell me if one standardized test I ever took mattered. It, it didn't. Matter. No. It doesn't fucking matter.
1: Not to yeah. us or to no. them. It matters no. at the school, but...
0: Well, and they just want to show growth. That's all they want to show. And, and to her teacher's credit, she's really chill about it. But she said, we just want to show that from the beginning of the year to now, they learn something. And I was like, she can probably handle that. <laughs> so, you know, I've been kind of laid back about it. But her teacher did something really cool. Last week, she sent home this little note with an envelope and it was blank. And she said, um, if you can't write your, uh, your child a note and put it in the envelope and seal it up. And then before they start the test, I'm going to give this to them. So they all open it right before they start their test. And I was like, this is amazing. And so it was like, I know it was like a last little bump of encouragement right before she took her test. I thought that was so cool. So I actually went online and found puns for school. (laughs) like testing puns yeah and so that's what I did all over I drew little things and one of them was like grapes and it was like grape job <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's- so stupid. And I was like, one was like a hot dog. And I was like, hot dog, you're amazing. <laughs> They're so dumb. But I like Kevin wrote this little note on the front, like, we love you so much. Like, you're gonna do great. You know, it was really sweet. And then I just drew pictures all over it and wrote the puns under them. So it would make her laugh, you know. yeah. So I just like, I hope that I hope that she just takes a breath, you know, and just I hope she doesn't feel it.
1: I told both of my kids, I was like, it's not a big deal. Just take the test, whatever. Mm. But I will say this. Peyton's like, whatever. But Isabel, they do give the results back. And she remembers her results. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I always get mediocre. mediocre." And I hate that, that she's got that in her head. I'm like, that irritates me.
0: Yeah, I hate that, too. Oh, that sucks. Like, to, I wish they wouldn't even tell them. So, yeah, me, too. So, it actually reminded me of, um, that it was the sh- uh, the documentary on Netflix about the, um, the tuition, or, um, I don't know if you saw that, like, the the kids who were getting into college. It was the woman from Full House. You remember when that happened? Like, uh, she got her yeah, daughters yeah. into USC and got in trouble for that. Like, she just got out of jail. Yeah. So it was a whole documentary about that. It was a college entrance scam or something. And so what, I don't know if you saw it, but in the documentary, basically, there was, um, you can hire people now, which is totally legal to help your child um, do better on the SATs, like help them increase their points and that kind of thing. And it's all based on, or the ACT, like getting them um, you know, a better score get so they can get into better colleges and blah, blah, blah. And so this one guy was actually... He hired a guy who would administer the test. Uh, did we talk about this already? Mm-mm. I can't remember how we talked. No, so, I don't know about this. So this, he was, a, he was hired by people's kids' parents to help their kids score better on the SATs. And what this guy would do... He would tell the parents. He would say, "Get your kid a learning disability. Tell them whatever you have to tell them. Get them tested and make sure the doctor says they have a learning disability." Because that you, way, I had
1: a learning disability. I know what you're gonna say.
0: Yeah. So, so they can get extra time and stuff to take on it.
1: You get extra time, and mm-hmm. no, you get no time limit.
0: Yeah. And so they would get to take it by themselves in a room yep. with a person that administers it. So what he did is he planted and administer like the person that was watching them take the test. He planted that person. So without the child's knowledge, because the parents even said they played the recorded messages from the parents. I don't know how that was legal in this documentary, but I guess it's all public knowledge now that it was all out because the case is over. So, anybody can do it. So, but they played it and the parents were like, I just don't want her to find out. Like, I don't want her to feel like we thought she was stupid and all this stuff because they want her to score better than they know she's going to get. And they were like, there's no way she's going to get 1,200, but she needs like 1,500. Mm-hmm. They're like, she's just not smart enough. And it like, like gut punch, like, oh God, I felt so bad for those fucking kids. Because you know, they're hearing it now. Yeah. They're hearing all this shit came out now. But so the parents are saying, so anyways... So the coach gets this guy to go in and administer the test. The kid would come in, sit down without the knowledge of any of this, sit down, take the exam and leave. And then what the exam guy would do, he would throw that in the trash and then he would take the SATs like he was the kid and he would score like 1500. He'd say, what score do you want on it? This guy was so good at test taking. He could say he could give you within 100 points of what you wanted to get. Like, like, what do you want to make on it? You want a perfect score? Okay. Like, he Damn. would just, he yeah, but they, somebody said, you know, anybody who is trained in test taking sh- should be able to pass this successfully. But this guy was just so fucking good. He didn't cheat. It wasn't like he had the answers. He could just take any SAT and pass it, like, with, like, with the highest number you could get. And I was like, what the actual fuck? Yeah. It was really genius. <laughs> so, it was like, Like how they scammed it was actually really smart. I mean, it's fucked up, but that was how they did it. And so the coach that would like, you know, coach the kids and stuff, he ended up like he would get the kids into like obscure sports. Like he would say that was how it got found out was Lori, what's her name or whatever that was on full house. Her daughter got accepted into USC University of Southern California, which is a really hard school to get into. I think they only have like like 15% acceptance rate. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to get in. She got accepted on the crew, like the rowing team and her high school school counselor was like, she doesn't row. She's never rowed for crew here at the high school. Like I know she's not doing it. So she started questioning it. And so the, the coach or whatever, the guy that was, you know, working all this deals and stuff, he would pay off these coaches. He would pay them like hundreds of thousands of dollars so that they would say oh i i went and scouted this girl she rose she's really great like we should get her yeah. on the team and so that it was just like this huge scam but it was like all these prestigious colleges like USC Harvard Princeton Yale like all of them were affected by this i mean this guy got in every elite school you could get into and it was just I'm not this shocked. huge scam and so, you know, it was interesting, you know, I say all that to say like about the standardized testing, one of the guys that like uh, was over, you know, and he's, he, I think he's over like college entrance exams and stuff. He said, if it were up to me, we would abolish uh, this altogether. He was like, there doesn't need, there doesn't need to be an SAT or an ACT. He was like, entrance should be based on G, like your, your grade point average, your GPA. How hard
1: you're willing to study and that's exactly for that it. grade.
0: Yeah, he was like, what does college entrance exams, he was like, what do they do? He was like, it proves you know how to take a test. Great. That doesn't show me any sort of knowledge that you've learned or retained or your ability to learn and retain. So, you know, like one test determines this future for you. When he said, you know, four years of your high school work should be what shows, you know, your ability to be in this college or not. So it just sucks that like even now with like our kids and their exams and stuff, I'm thinking like, okay, well, it shows them, you know, it can show them, you know, growth or something like that. But I don't think it's a fair assessment of their abilities. I mean, you're saying your daughter looks at a test and is like, oh, I'm just mediocre when she's, I know she's not. Yeah. You know, she's incredibly smart. You know, it, it sucks that, oh, that one test is going to place value on her like that. Yep. It shouldn't be that way. So I don't know. Just like that was sort of a an interesting thing that like you know we were kind of dealing with this week, and it made me think about the college entrance thing, you know. And what killed me was that the woman on Full House didn't even go to college. She graduated high school. Her husband's Massimo, like that designer brand mm-hmm. or whatever he run, he runs that. He like barely graduated high school or some shit. And it was like, why were they putting all this pressure on their c- kids to go to these Ivy League colleges when it was like, you know, the psychologist that they were interviewing was like, well, basically they get to relive this prestigious thing through their kids. And it makes them look good if their kids are getting into these Ivy League schools. That's so tough. he said, really, it's just selfish.
1: Yeah. But that's such a great point about there shouldn't be tests. Yeah. What's it's the like, point? It's like, yeah, that's so true. Because I know that I struggle in some areas, but mm-hmm. because of that, I just study harder and more mm-hmm. to get yeah. my grades. I always make good grades, but some things were really hard for me to remember, but yeah. I could study it over and over and over again. So people yeah. f- applying themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I think we, I've, I, I think I've even talked about this recently with you. I can't remember, but it was like. You know, my my husband's best friend in college, she was on academic probation when they went to college because her GPA was low or she sorry, she scored lower on the SAT than my husband did, but her GPA was higher than his. So, they both get into USC, this is South Carolina, not Southern California, but they both get into USC. And she scored like, you know, like a, let's say she scored 1,200 on the SATs and my husband scored like 1,500 on the SATs. He had like a 3.0 grade point average and she had like a 4.0. She was on academic probation because her fucking SAT scores were lower when she was a better student. And wow. my husband was like, you can tell, my husband tell you all day, he's like, I'll pass a test. He was like, I can take any fucking test and do really well on it. He's like, I just test well. He was like, but I'm lazy. And so, like, he won't put in the work. I mean, she came into college on academic probation because of that. And he got kicked out, like, fucking two semesters later for partying. I mean, he ended up going, he went back and finished. But I'm just saying, like, that's that's how they base their, their, you know, like, their criteria on acceptance. And it's just, that is an example to me that is shows the system as fucking flawed. Yeah so as all these high school students this time of year start getting their college acceptance letters i'm just gonna say it's bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know it's it's such a mess and, and i don't know what the right answer is you know <sighs> oh
1: my God. i think maybe the right answer is asking your kids what they really want
2: and yeah. accepting
1: the fact mm. that college isn't for everybody and that's absolutely. not a bad thing
0: absolutely I mean, I, I went to a trade school, like I went. I have an associate's degree and um, God, what's it in? It's in marketing. That is basically what it is. So like it was, I took like just basic standard tests or classes, you know, cause I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. And I tried to do university transfer, but it, I was there for like two and a half years. And I was just like, I don't want to keep going. I'm, I'm fucking done with school. You know, school was so hard. Yeah. And it was just hell the more I kept doing it. And it got harder and harder. And I was just like, this isn't for me at all. I'm ready to quit. And then, um, you know, at one point, like I was like, oh, maybe I'll do like political science. And I took like a couple of those classes and I really liked it. But then somebody's like, well, you can be a lawyer with political science. So you're going to go to school for like another six years, or, you know, you can be a politician. And I was like, no, to either of those. So. You know, it was just, it kind of felt like it was a dead end kind of everywhere I turned. And I remember having a conversation with my mom. I was sitting on the porch at their house and I just said, I feel like I'm swimming upstream.
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: this is not, none of this is for me. It doesn't feel like any of this is for me. Yeah. My mom was just like, fuck it. Do what you want. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I agree. She
1: just,
0: yeah, she just wanted me to do something after high school. She was like, just do something.
1: My dad really wants was. everybody to go to college, but he came up with an awesome plan. Did I ever tell you this? I'm gonna give it to other
0: parents. Uh-huh. Okay, so, tell me.
1: He said that if you go to your if you go to college, I'll pay for it. Uh-huh. He said, but what we'll do is we will take out loans for all of it, and he says if you drop out in the middle, I'm not paying them. If Good you graduate, him. I'll pay all your loans off.
0: That is fucking smart.
1: Yeah, I know. That's really smart. I like that. I like that too. I was like, oh, that's a good idea. Hell many yeah, don't is. spend two years on <clears throat> all this loans and then they just drop yeah. out? Yeah. I was Fuck like, yeah. That's brilliant.
0: That is. Man, that's smart. I'm gonna do that with my kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just never know, like, where a kid's potential lies. I mean, and, you know, I, I use myself as an example all the time. I mean, I barely graduated high school. You know, I had a couple of generous teachers my senior year that were just, like, just pass her, you know? Yeah. And just I mean, just get her out of here.
1: I studied criminal <clears throat> justice, and I'm nowhere even near that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> look at us <this> now. Like,
1: <laughs> like, what the actual fuck, you know? no.
0: Yeah, I mean, you just never know, like, where, where you're going to be led to. So, I don't know. If you're, if you're listening to this and you're still looking for your direction, chin up. It's okay. You'll find <laughs> it eventually. You may be 35 when it happens. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we made him wait long enough. We've got the final installment of Brood Love by Piper Rain. Like I said earlier this week, um, make sure you enter her giveaway for the $25 Amazon gift card. Um, well, I say her, it's them. There's two of them. (laughs) So make sure you enter their giveaway and, um, check out all their good stuff on social media. Like I said, we'll be posting their books and everything all week and for new releases and everything that's on sale. So we'll be sure and share that. So we'll play the second installment for you now and we'll see you on the other side.
2: Chapter five. We walked the marina hand in hand and I try to push the feeling down of being a smitten schoolgirl. I'm way too old for that nonsense. I'm happy that it's midweek, and there are not many people around. Otherwise, rumors would already be starting about me holding hands with the new guy in town. There are some fishing boats just returning for the day, and others just heading out. We pass a girl crying on the dock, and Craig glances over at me with a frown. I can't imagine what it must be like when the person you love leaves for weeks on end to spend it on the ocean. Unfortunately, I've heard the stories too many times about when the fisherman comes back and the girl has moved on, unable to stay faithful during the long winter nights. Walking farther down the dock, it's clear to me what boat he's rented. Chevelle Green is placing flowers out on a table when she spots us and smiles. Hey, you two. She wipes her hands on her pants and comes to the edge of the boat. Craig slips his shoes off and steps in first, so smoothly that I can tell it's not his first time on a boat. I do the same, accepting Craig's hand to help me on board and smiling at the table that's been set up for our dinner. Thank you, this all looks great, Craig says to Chevelle. As soon as you said Zoe was your date, you got the special treatment. She's like a second mom to me. Cheval comes over and hugs me. I squeeze her hard into my side. In many ways, I think she took it the hardest when her mom passed. Craig, meet Nikki's stepsister, Cheval. There are a lot of greens in this town. He chuckles. Unfortunately, yes, there are. But Zoe's like a green, so you better treat her right tonight. Craig lifts his hand in the Boy Scout salute. Promise. Do you want me to show you around the boat? She gestures to Craig, and I realize that my assumption that we'd have someone else manning the boat was wrong. I'll be on board with Craig all by myself. And no, I'm familiar with boats. We'll be fine. Chevelle nods and hugs me again, whispering in my ear Don't worry, he can't go too far out. Call me if there's any funny business, and I'll be there right away. She smacks a kiss on my cheek. Thank you, I say. She steps off the boat, sliding her shoes back on. Have fun, you two, but not too much fun. She winks and walks down the dock, swinging her long blonde hair behind her and leaving me alone with Craig. Don't worry, I'm not a serial killer or anything. I didn't think about how this might seem like a Dexter moment to you until right now when I saw the look on your face. What's Dexter? Dexter? a tv show but probably better you don't know it he smiles i'm fine try anything and i'll show you my moves i wink and he motions with his head toward the controls i'm glad you feel comfortable with me he starts up the boat and we head out into the open water of the bay chevelle did a great job stringing lights along the sitting area where she set up the meal There are flowers and a chilled bottle of wine in the middle of the table. Once we find a secluded spot, he drops the anchor and opens up the bottle of wine, bringing me a glass. Are you hungry? He asks. I can wait a little while. I tuck my legs under myself, staring out at the horizon. The sun is low in the sky, and soon there will be streaks of pink, orange, and yellow. It's beautiful out here. I'm glad we had good weather. I really didn't want to share you with a room full of customers at a fancy restaurant. That's sweet, and I smile to tell him I appreciate that. This is perfect. We sit in silence for a while, enjoying the light breeze until he slides in closer to me, putting his arm around my shoulders. Feels nice to be close to someone. I turn to him. Tell me about your life as a trainer. He sighs and looks up at the sky for a moment. It's putting 100% effort into someone else's dream. I didn't think about it like that. Believe me, with guys like Logan, I love it. The better he gets, the stronger he becomes. It makes me proud. Not that I'm the sole reason for his success, but Logan's been the best guy I've worked with during my career. You really do think fondly of him, huh? he sips his wine and nods. Compared to some of the other guys, Logan's a saint. Some of them are too cocky and they fight me on every change I want to make to their diet or workout. Logan trusts that I have his best interests at heart. It's irritating, but I understand the skeptical guys too. Usually they've gotten themselves so far on their own and think they don't need someone like me who didn't have my own career in fighting telling them what to do. It's a lot at stake for them. I place my hand on his knee that's very open-minded of you I guess He shrugs I love my job but the lifestyle is hard look at me now I'm in this small Alaskan town because the fighter who hired me married a girl on a whim we both laugh true but here you are on a date with me our eyes catch when I look at him and he tucks a strand of my dark hair that's flying all over the place behind my ear. You're the highlight of my trip. Our gaze doesn't stray, and he leans forward to kiss me, but I quickly clear my throat and turn away. We should probably eat before it gets cold. He stops short and nods. Yeah, probably, but I hear the disappointment in his tone. If only I could just relax and enjoy tonight. I'm attracted to this man. He seems like a good guy. What am I afraid of? Chapter 6 Craig serves the garlic chicken and pasta with a basket of bread, which I think is from the restaurant the baker's own in the Fisherman's Wharf. The food is delicious, like always, and Craig keeps the conversation flowing, asking questions about what Sunrise Bay is like. It's a small town where everyone knows everything. Believe me, we might think this is going to stay between us, but there are eyes and ears everywhere. Someone will stop you tomorrow and ask about me. He laughs and sips his wine, leaning back in the padded seating, his arms stretched dangerously close to the back of my neck. Then I'll tell them you're wonderful company. I smile sweetly but it's the sense of community that keeps me here. When it comes down to it, everyone has everyone's back. We do nice things for one another, support each other's businesses, help out if someone is having a hard time of it. Sometimes I've wondered if I should have left after Lori passed, but I think I probably belong here. Can I ask you a question? His fingers wind around a piece of my hair to grab my attention. Sure. I glance over at him. Dating life? Is it hard in Alaska? I chuckle. Well, technically the men outnumber the women here, but there's not much of a dating pool. As sad as it is to admit, this is my first date in a long time. I bury my head in my hand. Do I dare ask you? He sets his wine glass down and slides closer to me. Why do I get this feeling you think I'm a womanizer or something? I shrug. Maybe it's because you live in Vegas. He holds up his hands. No permanent address, remember? You have to have somewhere that feels like home. Nope. He shakes his head. I like you, Zoe. I feel like there's something here worth exploring. Like inside my pants? He stops his advance and cocks an eyebrow am I giving you the wrong idea? I'm not here to get into your pants. But it would be nice. I need to stop this. Why can't I just accept that this younger man likes me? I can't deny it. But if you'd rather we sit here with our legs crossed and our hands in our lap and just talk, I'm game for that too. He pretends to do just that, and I laugh because he looks like an untwisted pretzel. Stop it i shove him lightly with my hand we have this whole boat to ourselves and i'd really like to kiss you he slides closer again his arm coming around the back of me and his hand lands on my thigh i turn and our lips are millimeters away from one another just the thought of having sex with him stirs my insides into a heated frenzy i've missed this and maybe marla was right He's only in town a couple of months and then he'll be off on his next venture. Might as well take advantage of this opportunity because they don't come my way often. I break the distance between us and his hand lands high up on my thigh, squeezing, and I'm hyper aware of how close it is to my core. So I can kiss you? He whispers. I nod slowly. And any space between us disappears until his lips tentatively touch mine. I didn't think he'd be a shy kisser. If anything, I imagined him possessing me, owning me, and talking dirty. His fingers tiptoe up my back, running through the strands of my hair, turning my face exactly where he wants it. And then he slides his tongue in my mouth and takes control holy shit this guy's got skills my tongue meets his and we find a smooth rhythm that makes every nerve in my body light up my nipples rub along the inside of my bra and i squirm in the seat as i grow wetter a groan erupts out of him and it's like the starting pistol at a race the noise turns me on so much i get up and straddle him which makes him groan again His hands grab my ass, tugging me forward to grind along the bulge in his slacks. God, it's been way too long since I've felt that. And I didn't realize until now that my dildos haven't been doing the trick. His lips fall to my neck. His fingers manipulating my blouse, releasing one button at a time. He places sweet kisses on the flesh he exposes. You're so beautiful he murmurs and my fingers thread through his dark strands of hair holding his face to me i have no idea how long i'll be able to hold back this arousal i want to rip open my blouse and tell him to take me did i really not realize how much i missed sex i rock against him and he pushes my blouse open exposing my bra covered breasts to the breeze outside He pulls down the cups of my lacy bra and my nipples grow stiffer. Jesus, you're something, he says in a gravelly voice. I arch my back, inviting him to take my nipple into his mouth, play with them, pinch them, bite them. At this point, I just want him to devour them. God, this feels so good. He unhooks my bra in the back and lowers the straps down my arms until it puddles on the floor along with my blouse. It's weird being out at sea with no witnesses and being naked. The thought of someone watching us is more intriguing than I ever would have thought. Grabbing at the hem of his shirt, I pry it from his pants and lift it over his arms. You're carved from stone, aren't you? He laughs and takes my hands, splaying them on his chiseled abs. Damn, your hands are soft. He buries his head in my neck, but I need more. I need to feel the weight of his cock in my hands. So I slide back on his legs and unbuckle his belt and unzip his slacks until they're open. When I look up at him, he's biting his lip and watching my hands delve into his boxers while I take the weight of him in my palm. He's thick and long, and my insides clench, imagining him sliding into me. His attention is fixated on me stroking him while his hands mindlessly squeeze my tits, and his thumbs torture my nipples. He rises off the seat, inviting me to take more of him, and an urge to take him in my mouth overcomes me sliding off his legs, I open them and situate myself between them. He watches my every move, his thumb dipping into my mouth and running over my bottom lip right before I grab him at the base and guide his tip into my mouth. Just as my tongue swirls around his tip, I'm rewarded with not a groan, but a growl and a hair tug that tells me I'm still pretty damn good at this. Chapter 7 Craig quickly tears my mouth off of him after only a few minutes. I'll never last watching you. He urges me up by my armpits and I stand at the opening of his legs while he kisses my belly button and his fingers manipulate the button on my skinny jeans, lowering my zipper while his gaze watches my reaction. I can't help but close my eyes when he hooks his fingers into each side and lowers my jeans to my ankles, leaving me in only my panties. I force myself to stand still and let his gaze soak me in. Yes, I'm older, but this man wants me and likes what he sees. That much is apparent. One of his fingers dips under the lace of my panties, running along the length of my abdomen, teasing me. Are you sure about this? He asks, his other hand running down my side and under the elastic along my hip. I want you to be comfortable. I take his head in my hands and nod, stepping forward. He accepts my invitation and slides his finger along my pussy until he reaches my wet folds and runs his fingers through them. You're soaked. His voice is full of awe. I nod, my fingernails digging into his strong shoulders when he uses one hand to pull them down my legs. Now I'm completely bare for any fishing boat that might cross our path. Yet, all I care about is getting to the floor of the boat and having Craig on top of me. As if he can read my mind, he stands, making me step back, but he switches spots and gets me on my back on top of the long bench seat. I watch him grab a condom from his wallet and his pants and then push them down until they are added to the pile of the rest of our clothes on the deck floor. You come prepared, I say. He winks and smirks. Didn't you see my Boy Scout salute earlier? I shake my head. So you were a Boy Scout? Sailing badge. He signals to the boat. Where do you think I learned to fight? Um... I'm not sure how he wants me to answer that. Do the Boy Scouts have an underground boxing ring like Fight Club? He laughs and pushes down his boxers all the way down his legs. No, I had to stick up for myself and my friends. So you beat up the bullies? He kneels on the bench in front of me, my legs spread wide open for him. I did. His finger runs down my folds. Is that what does it for you? I do like bullies getting what they deserve. He pulls the latex over his length and comes down on top of me. Then let me tell you about the time I kicked a bully's feet out from under him. I wrap my hand around his neck and pull him down to kiss me. He doesn't retreat, laughing into our kiss until I slide my tongue into his mouth. That was like the countdown to midnight because our hands are everywhere on each other now, pushing, pressing to get closer to one another. He slides into me with ease. I welcome the fullness of him before he thrusts and circles his hips. If someone would have asked me if I was going to sleep with Craig tonight, my answer would have been a hell no. I'd blame it on the drought of men in my life, but the truth is, I like this guy. He's sweet and caring, but has the sex appeal of a guy who'd fought for everything his entire life, like he'd fight for me if I tried to escape, and that's way hotter than some possessive guy who just wants to own you. I grab a hold of an edge of the boat, allowing him the freedom to rock in and out of me while I clench around his girth, my inside screaming for the release I know will be earth-shattering. I swear I think you might be everything I've ever wanted," he says. I almost say, "You don't really know me." But he's kind of right in a way. How can you feel this connected to someone after such a short time and without knowing much about them? From the moment he flirted with me over the counter at the grind, I haven't gotten him off my mind. I wondered what this moment would feel like, and the fact we haven't even finished and I want to do it all over again, says my gut was right. Craig isn't just a one-night stand. My impending orgasm erases all rational thought, and I fixate on getting to dive into the deep, dark waters of ecstasy. I'm there, right there. Don't stop. I pant. I'm not stopping until you're screaming, and my name echoes across the entire bay. He slides his hands down my stomach and circles my clit, and I cry out his name like it's tattooed in my lungs. There you go. He pushes into me and stills, jolting forward again with a groan before falling on top of me. Once he's caught his breath, he says, Damn, I have to admit something. What? He raises on his elbows. I'm out of practice. I only brought one condom. I laugh. Did you not get the preparedness badge? He gets up on his knees. No such thing. But I can use a compass and get us to the drugstore. He slides the latex off his length, and I rise up on my knees, kissing him. Sounds like a fine plan. So, dessert back at your place? He asks. As long as you're not expecting any cake or cookies. He presses his lips to mine. Nah, I'm good with pie. He winks, and my stomach flutters once again. He passes me my pants. You should probably get dressed to ward off those rumors. We both dress, and he lifts the anchor, starts the boat, and we head back to the marina. Hopefully, he can just drop the keys in a box. Otherwise, Chevelle is going to see my flushed cheeks, and she's not a dumb girl. Chapter 8. It's been a little over a month, and to my own shock, I'm not sure anyone in Sunrise Bay is aware that Craig sleeps at my house almost every night. At first, it felt weird to have someone share my space. But on nights when I'm exhausted from being on my feet all day, it's nice to come home to dinner and a man who treats me like I'm a princess. Here's your wine. Go sit down. He says when I come in the door. Hey, dictator, I say, accepting my glass and thanking him with a kiss on the cheek. It all happened so fast with us, but I can't deny the rightness of it all. Dinner will be ready in ten. He joins me on the couch, resting his water on the table and tapping his legs for me to give him my feet. I happily put them in his hands, because the man has the strongest hands ever, and the massages he gives me makes my body feel like jello after. I have some news. He says with a tone that doesn't sound like it's good news. Okay. We're heading back to Vegas to finish training for the fight. I suck in a breath. We both knew our time was limited. It really depended on Logan and when he felt the need to go back to Vegas. I'd love for you to come out and see the fight. I can take you out afterward. I sip my wine, growing quiet not ready to ask if this is the moment we part forever. Is he thinking we'll hook up one last time in Vegas and then our lives will slowly untwine? But I don't ask that. Instead, I say, I'd love to. He smiles. Really? Great. I nod and continue to sip my wine, closing my eyes like the feel of his hands digging into my pained arches is too glorious of a feeling to fight keeping my eyes open. But really, I just can't look at him because I'm scared he'll see the fear in my eyes. He lets me have the reprieve without any further discussion about his leaving. Most normal couples would probably have a conversation at this point, but I don't want to come off too eager and make him feel guilty when we both knew the score when we got involved. It's not his fault my feelings have grown. For the rest of the night, he serves me a dinner that's flavorful and nutritious, telling me how Logan's cook, Iris, showed him all afternoon how to prepare it. The thoughtfulness of his act isn't lost on me. Craig is a keeper. If anyone could actually keep him locked in one place. He said so himself, that he doesn't really have a home. After we clean up and go out to the back patio... I lay in his arms, and we stare up at the sky with music playing in the background. I was thinking, he says, what? His hand runs down my arm and shivers erupt in his wake. After the fight, I don't have another fighter lined up right away. I was thinking about maybe renting a place here. I turn around, propped up on my knees, and stare at him. Seriously? He nods. Is it too soon? Too soon for what? His eyes lock with mine. For me to uproot my life, I mean. I have to make a living, so I'll be traveling at times, but I can afford to be picky about who I work with. I sink down on my ankles and my shoulders fall. I want you to be honest with me. Is that something you want? He takes my hands. I'm not ready to move on from this. I think there's something real here. I press my lips together and nod. Me too. So what do we do? I've never been one to jump in feet first. I never would have opened the grind if not for Lori's push. She was the daredevil in our friendship. I was the numbers girl. But I'm going to take a page from my best friend's book and jump in with two feet before testing the water first. Craig? You have a home here whenever you want. What are you suggesting? Move in here. I know you have to travel. You know I have late hours at the cafe. We'll just take it step by step. He tugs me into his lap and places his hand on my neck, bringing me down to kiss him. You're something, you know that? That's a compliment, right? He laughs. Hell yeah, it is. I never would have guessed the best thing to happen in my life was when Logan called me up and said, we're training in Sunrise Bay, Alaska. I kiss him and he picks me up, carrying me up to my hour bedroom. Chapter nine. Four weeks later. The afternoon is slow at the grind, so I'm eating a muffin and drinking a coffee while listening to the replay of Nikki's gossip show on the local radio station, Scandals of Sunrise. Craig had to stay in Vegas after the fight because another fighter hired him, but he's due to come back next week. The distance sucks, but it does make the heart grow fonder. I miss him like crazy, and he's been sending me sex toys as a joke about tiding me over, though they don't get me off nearly as good as he does. And a little birdie told me that one of our favorite baristas is shacking up with a certain trainer that most women in Sunrise Bay were drooling over when he was running around shirtless last month. I stopped drinking my coffee mid-sip. Nikki did not just put me in her show after what I've done for her in the past. He is attractive, but he's usually running alongside your man, Nikki's co-host Chip says. Nikki laughs. Very true, but Logan's taken. I'm blind, Chip yells. We've all seen the big rock, Nikki. No need to keep showing it off. I'm just making it clear, but back to my original news. Who would have ever thought our very own Zoe would find her happily ever after and would have me to thank? I laugh and shake my head. Oh, this girl. Why you? Chip asks. Hello, I brought Logan here technically he followed you. Chip, stop it. If not for me, getting drunk in Vegas and marrying Logan Craig never would have come up here, Chip asks with skepticism. Exactly. They continue to bicker and the door chime interrupts, so I lower the volume. Don't tell me that's the last morning glory muffin. His voice alone stirs desire through my body. I look up and Craig drops his bags with a wink. I'm home, he says. No words have ever sounded better. I jump over the counter and he catches me, his lips finding mine immediately. I've missed you so much. I mumble against his mouth. You have no idea. Drawing back, I slap him on the shoulder. Why didn't you tell me you were coming back early? You said next week. He chuckles to himself. Yeah, I quit. I couldn't be away from you. Hey, Shrugs, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but it's not being thousands of miles away from you. I kiss his forehead. I thought we had a great arrangement. He'd come and go, and I'd stay here. But he's right. Distance sucks once you've had a taste of sharing your life with someone. Want half my muffin? I say in a suggestive tone. Do you share your muffin with all your customers? Only the really good-looking ones. He chuckles. I want a muffin, but not the one made by your muffin girl. I want the Zoe special. My face heats. You have to come into my office for that muffin. Keeping me in his arms, he locks the front door and flips my open sign around. Show me the way. I thought you had your compass reading badge. He laughs again. We really need to go over the badges again. There isn't a compass reading badge. I raise my hand. I think we should make our own badge system. He walks me into my office. And what would those be? Putting me on the desk, he unties my apron. Damn, I love your tits. There you go. We could do a motorboating badge, finger-banging badge, a fellatio badge. The list could go on and on. I'm already a master at all those. He unhooks my bra and lowers me down, taking one of my breasts in his mouth. I rest my hands on the back of his head. Okay, I'll give you that. I guess you're already an Eagle Scout in the whole sex department. He looks up and smirks. Look how agreeable we are. Even professional athletes have to train, right? Is that your way of telling me to go back to sucking on your delicious tits? We're on the same wavelength, I sigh. He chuckles into my chest. It's good to finally be home, Zoe. Thanks for helping me find it. And then he earns all his badges that afternoon. This has been Brood Love by Piper Rain. Read for you by Molly Stark. Welcome
1: back. Hey. I'm excited that that we have another (laughs) full audiobook next week.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. We have MJ Greenberry coming next week. She's brought us a new full length audiobook, never been played with us before. So, we're super excited to feature all her books. Her covers are gorgeous. Yeah, they're awesome. And she is like, she's another one of those authors that totally has her shit together. It's just like, here's this, and here's this file, and here's the cover. And if you want anything else, look at this. And I was just like, damn, all right, let's do this. (laughs) So, After, you know, a couple of years on the podcast, I've learned to really appreciate someone that's organized. (laughs) They got their (laughs) kids together because we don't, (laughs) No, no. It's a mess over here for sure. So be sure and join us uh, next Tuesday for MJ Greenberry and her book she's got with us. Oh, I should look up. That one is called uh, Play the Hand You Were Dealt." So
1: make sure you guys enter the giveaway for this week and check out the new releases.
0: Yes. She works hard on those.
1: All right. Tell them what to do. (laughs) Fuck your day up,
0: make today your bitch. Read Don't be me a tech. romance. I got me romance. Read me romance. Read, read, me romance. You could take a look in a book that's fine. Or
1: you could sit back, relax and unwind and read Me romance, read, read, me romance.